fantasy football today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Big time NFL draft prep show right now on fantasy football today. Four-man show today. Adam here with Jamie and Dave. Hey, guys. Hey. In person. <laughs> nice to see you. Be excited. You're here. Yeah, yeah I know. We have to smell you. Uh, it's true. <laughs> and Ryan Wilson's here, our NFL draft expert. What's up, Ryan? Hey. It's amazing that we're all together in Fort Lauderdale, I feel like. Adam, I've noticed that. I think this is the maybe second time I've seen you since you've had your child. I'm fatter. No, your uh, hair is starting to get gray. Uh-oh. It's been gray. No, like there are more streaks of gray now than <laughs> there gray. have been in the past. <laughs> it's pretty gray. It's, yeah. It's, uh, it's making me realize my own mortality you have no gray hair i know but i'm losing my hair so (laughs) i'd rather take it i'll I'll take what i have uh so ryan's the nicest person ever by the way gray and bald so oh for two for me but he's he's the nicest he's very yeah (laughs) i'll take and he laughs at all my jokes so i like it too (laughs) this is true only nice guys do that so email us fantasyfootball at cbsi.com uh we'll have a show next tuesday i believe tuesday and then on friday we'll have our second show of next week when we will recap round one, give you some pretty instant analysis. Um, so can, I, can I plug two things? Yeah, actually, yeah. I want you guys to tell us about all the, all the NFL draft stuff coming up on CBS Sports HQ. So we have a very cool uh, live mock draft for two hours on Thursday, April 18th. So tomorrow, uh, 4 p.m. Eastern till 6 Pro- Eastern. Probably today. Most people are probably going to hear it. Okay, today. so Thursday. Thursday the 18th. 18th at 4 Eastern. Ryan and I will be a part of it. Uh, Ryan, which teams do you have? Raiders, Bengals. I have all the Raiders picks, the Bengals picks, and, and a couple more that I have to look up. Yeah, right Ryan's there. got his whole head swimming around the NFL draft. I have um, the 49ers, the Bills, the Seahawks, and the Chargers. And when I say that, those are the teams that we are representing as general managers. There are six of us, I believe, that are taking part in this draft. Uh, Pete Prisco, Drink, um, Brian McFadden, Danny Cannell, uh, some of our other personalities. Will um, Brinson. Will Brinson, that's right. Uh, Chris Hassel will be playing the role of Roger Goodell as the commissioner. That's great. So it's, uh, it's very cool. Um, should be a, a lot of fun. And then our NFL draft coverage starts uh, next Thursday, obviously, with, uh, with the kickoff of the draft. Um, Ryan and I will be in Nashville um, doing a variety of things. Ryan will actually be at the NFL draft in the location of where the draft will be held. Uh, I'll be in some random bar. I don't know exactly where yet in, <laughs> in Nashville with a host of uh, – Host of our CBS Sports personalities. It's the Doghouse, D A W G. If okay. anyone's in Nashville, yeah. So anybody's in Nashville, you know, please come out and say hello. We'll be there Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, um, along with our, our uh, you know crew in, in Stanford, Connecticut. But it should be a lot of fun. Uh, a lot of uh, uh, what I hope to be excellent draft coverage uh, of the NFL draft. Yeah. So listen, I, I won't do too long of a promo here. I know we got to talk football. Uh, I also want to see if we can get to some of Jamie's sleepers, breakouts, and busts, because Ryan's not only a draft guy, he's a football guy. He's been covering football for us for a long time. We'll get his thoughts on some of these guys, like Dalvin Cook uh, as a breakout, like Adam Thielen as a bust. So um, let's oh, – okay, yeah, CBS Sports HQ. What is it if you don't know? Download the CBS Sports app on your Roku, on your Kindle, on like any connected device, any over-the-top device. Um, and your Apple TV, whatever it is, and watch HQ. It's free. It's 24-7 streaming, and it's just great sports coverage, no fake debates, all the stuff that you've grown tired of on TV. Well, we launched a sports network that's really for true sports fans. There's fantasy content on there, and there's going to be so much NFL draft content, NBA playoffs, NHL, all that stuff. 
All right, so Ryan, I did what I think every responsible fantasy or football host should do when you're talking about the NFL draft. I watched a lot of YouTube highlights this morning, and I've got my guy <laughs> that I love. He's, he's underrated. He's probably be the first overall pick in the draft. The running back that I love, I watched him for two minutes, and I said, this is the guy, Justice Hill of Oklahoma Ooh. State. Damn, this guy is fast, and he had, I believe, the, I believe the best 40 time. 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, of all the running backs. And he plays really fast, and he's small. He's smallest, that's right. But Philip Lindsay's small, too. He's dynamic. He's really dynamic. I love him. He was injured a little bit, so that's a concern, but he does a lot of things well. He's not going to block anybody, but you don't care about that for fantasy purposes. No. Uh, he, can make, uh, he can catch coming out of the backfield. He's super shifty, as you, as you saw in the, in the highlights. Uh, he's probably a day three guy in real life. No. I don't know how that translates. <laughs> it's not good. Fantasy-wise. He's going to be a sleeper then for me. He, that's right. That, that's okay. But I, I think a lot of teams like him, but they don't like him early. And I think part of that's the size. In the NFL, when you're talking about the actual football games on Sunday, you have to be able to block on third down. If you're not doing that, that's not going to get you on the field as early as you would like. So that's a concern. But I, I like him a lot. I'm with you. I like the fact that he's fast on tape, and then he ran the 4-4 to sort of backed it up. He's super shifty can catch passes and do all the things that you want these sort of scat backs to do in today's NFL. Is there a comp you can make to him and maybe a, a destination you think that he would make the most sense? A comp. So let, let's see. Lindsey is – he's not quite Philip Lindsey. He's smallish like Lindsey. Lindsey was undrafted, of course. Um, but, but he's sort of the smallish third down back type guy that we've seen come, you know, year in and year like out. Like a Jalen Richard, for example. He's <laughs> Perfect. Gonna be a star. <laughs> he's going to be a star. But he's going to be a day four pick. I mean, I could see him going any number of places. The Steelers might even make sense. Like Did you day, just call him a day four pick? Day Did three pick. Sorry. Oh, yeah, like yeah, he's not that guy. bad. No. Right. <laughs> Philip Lindsay was a day four pick. I make that he, mistake all the time. He was yeah. undrafted. <laughs> but there are plenty of teams that need guys like that who can come in, because uh, we know we're doing the running back back committee now more than ever, come in and, and contribute. And passing situations uh, or short yardage, sort of uh, moving them around as chess pieces type situations. So I could see him going in a number of places because teams will load up on these running backs, uh, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh rounds. So who's someone, who's your, your Justice Hill? Who's someone you really like better than the prognosticators? A guy I like a lot. Again, injury, what was his issue at least this year? Bryce Love out of Stanford. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Smallish guy, extremely fast, and he. You know, we talk about guys coming out or staying. He should have come out last year only in part because he struggled a little bit this year with injuries, had an ankle injury. Then he tore his ACL in January or December, I think it was. So he couldn't take part in the pre, pre-draft process. He was at the combine. All he could do was interview. Super smart, a really great teammate. And if he's healthy and if he can just get over the durability concerns, and that's a huge concern, he is a Justice Hill-type talent. And uh, there's a lot to like about him. He's a little better blocker, runs a little harder than Justice Hill in terms of taking on guys. But uh, he's, he's a guy that, that I like, and if he's there in day three, <laughs> I think he makes some sense. Okay, that's uh, Stanford running back Bryce Love. I'm going to ask you if you wouldn't mind when you talk about a prospect to say team and position, because these are names that a lot of us aren't familiar with. I didn't know who Bryce Love was. Though. He's guy's tough as hell. Uh, I like Bryce Over Love 2, as well. Over 2,000 rush yards in 2017. 8.1 yards yeah. per carry, 19 touchdowns. That'll work, right? That's pretty good. So yeah, we're gonna let's talk about the draft. You know, let's just have a free flowing conversation here. Um, who is Kyler Murray going number one? Well, it depends on who you ask. Pete Prisco will tell you he's not, and he was making a convincing case earlier uh, for why he's not going number one. I feel like he is. Jason Lockenfor is convinced that he is, and unless I hear something different, and and it, the Cardinals are doing a great job of not saying anything publicly. Steve Kime had a press conference either uh, what's today Wednesday or Tuesday, and he said basically. 
nothing. And, and it was unclear. The way he was speaking, it made you think, if Josh Rosen's watching this, what he's, what, what's he thinking about all this? But I feel like that Kyler Murray's going number one. We'll see if it happens. Uh, like I said, Pete isn't uh, of that opinion. I don't know how Jamie or Dave feel about it, but I would be shocked right now if he doesn't go at number one. I think he's 100% going number one. Perfect fit for what Cliff Kingsbury wants to do there. Not that Rosen couldn't do it, but I think it would take some time for him to be uh, as prepared as Kyler Murray already is, right? Same type of offense at Oklahoma that Kingsbury is bringing to the pros. They can't really talk about it, though, because of the Rosen issue. They're trying to get as much as they possibly can for Rosen at this point. So they can't start they, – they can't talk about getting Kyler Murray until they actually do it, and then they can move on from Josh Rosen. So they have to act like – you know, there's this big shroud of mystery going on. I think the football people in Arizona do not want Kyler Murray. I think the ownership probably does. So I think you have two schools at, at play there that are kind of butting heads with each other because he will obviously add some excitement to the team. You know, at drafting a defensive guy, which is what their need is, is not the same as drafting the Heisman Trophy winner yeah. and, and one of the more electric players coming into the into the league. So uh, I I would not be surprised if Murray goes one. I don't know if he's going to go one to the Cardinals, though. Because it does, it does seem like if you were keeping Josh Rosen, or I'm sorry, getting rid of Josh Rosen, why would you have him show up for off-season workouts? And if you're him, why would you show up? You know, because he's obviously asking that question. And he hasn't because, like, because, said anything either. I mean, I agree, but maybe it's just because if he doesn't show up, then you've, you've played your hand. Everybody knows you're taking No, but it's, that's him. That's him. Yeah. Well, if he, he doesn't show up, up, if he doesn't show up, what's he saying to the other 31 teams in the league? Nothing different than they're thinking right now because the, what, what other teams are looking at him as is still the prospect that he was if you're interested in him or the failure that he was if you're not buying into him. And so if you're interested in him, I don't think it matters one way or the other if he shows up. If you're not interested in him, you're not going to care. So I think it's his own belief okay. that he's going to be the guy next year probably based on some assurances – from the football people. Now, that could change, obviously, because if the people above the football people, the Bidwells, decide we're taking Kyler Murray, no ifs, ands, or buts, they're taking Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. But if Steve Keim and the football people decide and they convince the ownership group, this is not the right fit for us to spend two top ten picks back-to-back years on a quarterback when we have so many other needs as a franchise. It's a very interesting discussion. I mean, we could spend an hour talking about what's going to happen with Kyler Murray, but um, I, I'm – I. You know, I, I, I know who the people Pete Prisco are talking to. I'm starting to see. I mean, you know, Peter King came out and said it may not be a, a slam dunk. Pete's been saying it for a month. Um, it, it's one of those things where I don't think they're decided yet, and I don't know if it's necessarily going to happen that Kyler Murray goes to the Cardinals. How many quarterbacks go in the first round? Who's your favorite? I like Dwayne Haskins slightly better than Kyler Murray. I think four go in the first round. I think only three should. I like Daniel Jones out of Duke. I don't love Daniel Jones out of Duke. The stats are not... What you would expect it, from a first-round right. quarterback. And so you talk to scouts, and they'll say, well, is that a function of playing at Duke, where the offensive line was not very good, he had a lot of guys drop passes on him, or is that Daniel Jones? And that's what NFL teams have to figure out, which, which is the cause, which is the effect. But even going back to the Senior Bowl, I was there with, with Pete there. And a lot of drinking going on right now. Yeah, I, Dave's got this big thing of water. <laughs> hasn't taken one sip. I have to. Oh, okay. I've like one sip. Yeah. <laughs> if I take too many sips, I'm going to miss the, the rest of the podcast. All this Pete Prisco stuff. We're going to have to have a bathroom break pretty soon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know if you can use nicknames for for it, so you don't have to. So you don't have to drink. But uh, <laughs> even going back to the combine, the conversation there was that the Giants like Daniel Jones. There are a lot of sort of similarities between Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. David Cutcliffe, the coach at Duke, that's, he's really tight with the Mannings. He went to the Manning passing camp, Daniel Jones did. 
And if you're making a comp, he is a more athletic version of Eli. So I don't know if that blows. I, I am a more athletic version. Of that's what Eli. I was going to say. I don't know if that blows you <laughs> away. <laughs> but eh, Azer could beat Eli in a foot race, I feel like. A hundred percent. Admit that. Admit that. <laughs> Give me something. All right. All right. I, I think the interesting thing with the quarterbacks, and, and Ryan, I don't know if you agree with this or not, but there does not feel to be, and this includes Murray, a superstar. That's right. Like Murray could be just because of how he plays, but because of his size, like you got to fear the injury factor. You know, just what happens when he actually gets a significant hit. He could be Russell Wilson, who avoids all those things typically, or he could be RG three, right. who you know just plays a little bit more reckless and, and unfortunately has gotten hurt. Um, but but let me for a fa- from a fantasy perspective. His rushing totals would obviously help. Oh, no, he would be a great fantasy quarterback. So, yeah, like, like what are you thinking about? We, don't, we need to know the destination. Sure. We're going to have this podcast now, and then we have a sec- we're going to have another one next Friday when we know where they're going. Sure. But is Kyler Murray a top 10 dynasty pick in the rookie draft? You know, I think usually no. you don't see a quarterback go that no, early. No, 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 I, I, unless you're talking about, you know, super flex leagues because that's when you see quarterbacks go. Like, I, I play in a dynasty super flex league, and last year – uh, four quarterbacks went in the first round. I, I somehow was able to get Josh Allen in the second round. I was thrilled with that. Um, in, in any event, th- that's where I think you'll see those guys go dynasty-wise. But I just think, you know, f- and this is kind of where the Rosen thing factors in. Like if Rosen, I don't know how you would, you know, rank this Ryan as, you know, looking at the prospects, but I think a lot of people would put Rosen maybe at the top of this quarterback group, you know, so that's why the Cardinals have this decision to make. Then you can't um, take him number one. Well, that's why I think that, <laughs> right, that they're right? thinking that. Yeah. Um but it, you know you're hearing Haskins sliding, you know, and and Pete says this all the time. I, I'm I'm sure you're well in in tune with this, Ryan, about the football people like Daniel Jones, the draft Twitter people hate Daniel Jones, the football people don't like Kyler Murray, the draft Twitter people love Kyler Murray, and so it's and Haskins sort of falls in between there. Uh, it's going to be interesting, like you said, Adam. The destination is going to be really fascinating for all of these guys. Um, Drew Locke is the other guy, by the way. Drew Locke would be the one that, you know, seemingly Denver is not. I mean, have you mocked Drew Locke to Denver almost every time? Nearly every time. And there's a conversation where Drew Locke actually goes before Dwayne Haskins just because I don't necessarily – I don't think Drew Locke is better. I like Drew Locke, but I don't think he's better than than Dwayne Haskins. But just depending on how this plays out, and we've been talking forever that John Elway absolutely is enamored with Drew Locke. He went to some games and watched him in person in November. He was hanging out with with the quarterbacks group at the Senior Bowl. And he even laughed about it at the Combine. Um, so, I mean, look, I like Drew Locke, like I said, but given John Elway's terrible track record with getting quarterbacks, I would be a little apprehensive if I was Drew Locke or his agent. I, I think uh, – <laughs> and, and to, to your point about um, Locke going before Haskins, that's if Haskins slides. So the, the, the first domino that will fall will be does, does Murray get past four? Because if he doesn't go one, the Raiders are the next team that could look at him if there's no trades. And then if he gets past four – the Giants seemingly are going to pass on him because he doesn't seem to fit what Dave Gettleman wants. And John Elway's not a Kyler Murray guy either. Uh, you alluded to what he said about Locke at the Combine. He also kind of said that Murray's not his guy in so many words. Denver's at 10. Denver's at 10. So there could be a scenario where some team jumps into the top 10 to get Murray, and then if Denver takes Locke at 10, Haskins' slide now starts to become the story of the draft. And will he get past Miami or Washington at 13 and 15? Mm-hmm. Because those are the two teams that need a quarterback. Everybody else doesn't necessarily need a quarterback. Now, there are teams that could use one. Denver can use one because Flacco's not the answer long-term. Giants, same thing. But the, the Giants have 6 and 17. Right. So have you put basically Daniel Jones at 17 for the Giants every time too? Only the last few weeks. I had him going in the second round because I think he's – Was that before the trade or after the trade? 
before what trade? The Beckham, the, the Beckham trade where they got. Oh Zemke. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. right. That was before the Beckham trade, mm-hmm. and. Then there have been conversations in recent weeks where they're talking about, as you point out, Jamie, how much they, they really like Daniel Jones. I wouldn't take him at 17, but I'm not Dave Gettleman. And I, I've said this before the Beckham trade, that if you're there at six where the Giants have their first first-round pick and you had Odell Beckham, which you no longer do, Saquon, Evan Ingram, if you had Kyler Murray out there, I can't imagine how vastly different that offense would be. But Gettleman seems to be saying, uh, I'm not interested. In so let me ask you as a Giants fan. Because it, they're, I don't know if they're the most fascinating team in this draft, but they're certainly up there. What's your ideal situation with the two picks at six and seventeen and thirty-five, uh, thirty-seven? By the way, uh, yeah, right. Early I don't really want them to take Daniel Jones. So look, I I don't know how to evaluate the quarterbacks, but as a fan, um, as a fan, forget about an analyst. As a fan, uh, do you okay, want them to okay. take a quarterback with one yeah. of those picks? I, this is what I'd love for them to do. Sixth overall, take a pass rusher because. There are some studs, obviously, there. Who, who do you have them taking? Sweat? Most recent mock draft, I have them taking a right tackle, Jawan Taylor. But okay. Montez Sweat is someone they love. I know they love Ed Oliver, too, who would kick inside, but he's a pass rusher. But, yeah, that makes a ton of sense. Ed Oliver may be one of the most interesting uh, prospects um, being compared to Aaron Donald. So Giants take a uh, pass rusher because they desperately need that at six. And then let's say they package, what do they have, 37, you said? Right. 35, right? Seven, 17 and 35. 17 and 35. They move up a few spots. They get Dwayne Haskins, something like that. I just hope it's not Daniel Jones. But that would be ideal for me. So, but look, what the hell do I know? I mean, Daniel Jones <laughs> might be so much better than Dwayne Haskins. And well, well, so you, want, no you want them to come out pass rusher quarterback? Yeah, just not Jones. <laughs> um, yes, that would be ideal. And you have you want a pass rusher? I mean, I think six that, is an amazing spot to be in if you want a pass rusher. I, I think if that's going to be off the board by if 10. that's the first round for the Giants, they've salvaged their offseason. Yeah, I just you because have it's to, been it's been a little bit of a disaster. You have to have a long term view. I mean, they're going to take have to take a little bit of a step back, but you have to have a long term view. You but don't it, it wasn't once. last year supposed to be the step back. <laughs> no, that last year was supposed to be a good year for them, and they sucked. But they they obviously were kidding themselves. They thought they were good, and they and they weren't. Um. So, well, I mean, look, they because they made the playoffs three seasons ago, but they really weren't that good. They thought they could get back to that, and they they miscalculated. Um. All right. So that's a little bit of quarterback talk. We expect four in the first round. We're a little iffy on Daniel Jones, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends. Um. Obviously, more fantasy relevant in rookie seasons. You think still one or zero running backs in the first round or two? Uh, I'll put the over under at. at at like point five. Okay. So, so Josh Jacobs is number one. He'll go off the board either late first round. I don't think he'll get past the, the Raiders at thirty five if they have a chance to get him up there. He's a really, really good player. He blocks, he he pass catches, which which is certainly something you guys are interested in. He runs really hard. He, he runs angry, <laughs> sort of, uh if that's your thing. But uh yeah, I can't if more than one goes in the first round, something has been we haven't been paying attention. <laughs> okay. But last year we had the surprise of Rashad Penny. You know, so there Huge could, there, surprise. There could right. be there could be a team that you know trades back into the first round. That's not there now. You know, to to make a move for somebody, it's just not the prospects aren't the same. That's the difference. You know, right? But Penny was probably a surprise for you guys, fantasy wise as well, right? Penny was a surprise, yes. I think, for was, every yeah across yeah. the board, fantasy reality, the Seahawks. <laughs> you know, Pete Carroll's like who? <laughs> right. And he and he didn't really get used. You know, like right. it, it wasn't. I don't know if it's such a great pick. Time will tell. But it wasn't a very impactful pick for 2018, that's for sure. Right. Um, we'll take a quick break real quick, come back and talk a little bit more about running backs. I want to know who Ryan's number two running back and, and basically all of the fantasy-relevant ones that we need to know about going into the draft next week. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. 
What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. So, Ryan, who's your number two running back uh, on your board? I think I talked to you guys about this uh, a few months ago when I was on the podcast. I love David Montgomery at Iowa State. Uh, I think he only ran like a 4.65 or something in the combine. I don't care. Josh Jacobs ran something similar to that. No one seemed to care about that, so Mm -hmm. it's it's not an issue. Another guy who runs really hard. uh, He didn't catch a lot of passes at Iowa State, but he's capable of doing that. And, and I think he is a, a guy who can come in and get carries right away, contribute right away. I mean, you guys know running back more than any other position, you can go out there and you can make some plays and you can help your team more so than quarterback or even wide receiver. And uh, Dave Montgomery out of Ohio State is, is my number two guy. I go back and forth between Montgomery and Sanders. I, I think both guys have so much upside and so much potential. Uh, you know, Jacobs, I think, is going to be the, the, the clear-cut guy. You know, if anybody's doing dynasty drafts before the draft or best ball leagues, Jacobs is the guy that's going first. Like, we just did our, our first mock draft last week. I took Jacobs round seven. That's not going to be the case if he ends up with an Oakland where he's the presumable right. starter or Tampa Bay, let's just say. You know, if he goes to another team, that's going to be a timeshare. It's going to be a little frustrating. But I think Montgomery and Sanders are the, the two guys. You know, you throw Damien Harris in there also. But uh, I really struggle with, with, with the second spot. You well, know, here's I think the thing. Obviously, destination is going to be the biggest factor. And you actually hit on something pretty interesting there. Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders don't have a lot of mileage. Yes. So Miles Sanders sat behind Saquon last year. He did have a really good season at Penn State. Uh, I, Dave Montgomery has a ton of mileage, and if that's a concern for you, and it will be for teams, I would imagine, that's something to keep in mind. I get a Matt Forte vibe from Montgomery. which yeah. is I, That's not a knock. That's not a bad thing at all, but we're talking about Anybody a guy capable that, yeah. of playing three downs, physical. He's going to get caught from behind a bunch. He needs volume at the NFL level to be great. For Montgomery fantasy. had 36 catches in one, one of his. He had 36 as a sophomore and 22 as a junior, so that's nice. Jacobs, we love running backs who can contribute in the passing game. He had 20 catches. Like Shark. Yeah, <laughs> who actually do stuff. <laughs> yeah, he, who, uh, and doesn't contribute in the run game. Yeah, right, right. Josh Jacobs had 20 catches for 247 yards and three touchdowns. 20 catches for a running back in college. I mean, that's not good in the pros, but it's really not bad. He's a part-time player, too. And, right. And he also returned kicks. Yes. Which surprised me because he's, he's not a burner. But that shows that they value his hands. He's got big hands. And his legs. Um, <laughs> right. But but I don't know. I don't. I feel like kick returner is usually a little bit more explosive than than Josh Jacobs. Maybe he's more explosive than his. He's a speed ball. would look would, would indicate. He is shifty, but right. You don't envision you know, two hundred thirty pounds. I'm not that excited. Like, I, where would he have to end up for you guys to be pumped about him in fantasy? I mean, the two best spots right now are Oakland and Tampa Bay, just because there's no one there. Oh, okay, so Tampa Bay would be better by far. Yeah, by far. Tampa Bay is the ideal landing spot for Josh Davis. He is a round blank pick in a 12-team league if he goes to Tampa Bay. Four. 
That's like I, I was saying five earlier this week, but he might sneak into four. That's based on the mock draft we just reviewed. That's Marlon Mack, Devontae Freeman. Uh, PPR made me around five. Okay, that Dave's itching his beard. Yeah, I have an itch. <laughs> okay, I heard that. Like a Does it matter head. that the, the the Buccaneers said yesterday or today that they are all in Ronald Jones? No, that doesn't mean a damn thing. <laughs> and, and Bruce Arians at the combine, I believe it was the combine, uh, talked about how much he loved Peyton Barber. You know, so. okay. Fair enough. Anything else you want to cover here with uh, with running backs? Well, there's a lot of them that I think are going to begin their NFL careers as complementary players. Like I, I don't think that there are a lot of three-down type running backs in this class, but I think there's a lot of guys that can handle – 25 to 30 snaps a game and get 10 touches a game right out the shoot. And there's some that have potential. Jacobs, Sanders, Montgomery, they all have potential to be three down backs. I like Damian Harris a lot. He's actually my second favorite running back. He's got three down potential. He's Jacobs' Alabama teammate, yes, Damian Harris. Damian Harris. And just big physical running back, catches ball seamlessly out of the backfield, pretty good blocker too. Uh, Devin Singletary is fun to watch. I don't know. He's exactly the type of running back I'm talking about where they just wind him up 10 times a game and let him just create. He's listed he makes at 5'7". Five, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Singletary out of FAU. Yeah, but he's, he's, just, he's got great speed and uh, just can make guys miss. A lot of fun to watch. And I like Travion Williams as well because he plays bigger than he yep. is, and he's really fast too. And then you've got guys like Dexter Williams, Daryl Henderson, uh, Rodney Anderson, if he can say healthy. We so talked healthy. about Justice Hill and what he can bring on. So there are going to be a lot of rookie running backs that I bet end up getting drafted in fantasy leagues this summer, and most of them are going to come in the back half of the draft. And people are I, – I, I think it's kind of different. This is something unique for us. We've always taken r- rookie running backs throughout our fantasy drafts, but in the past couple of years we've had one go in the first couple of rounds, maybe even the first round. We've had another two or three go in the early to middle rounds, and then we'd see a sprinkle throughout the rest of the draft. I think it'll be heavy from round eight on. We'll see a lot of rookie running backs taken. Well, I mean, you go back at least the last two years, there was a, two guys drafted really ended up opening the season as their number three running back on their respective teams, and they finished as top ten guys, and that's Alvin Kamara and mm. Nick Chubb. So, Philip uh, Lindsay, too. Uh, Lindsay wasn't drafted. Um, so, you know, you look at uh, – the, the value for Chubb is a little bit different because he was a second-round pick. Camaro was a third-round pick, but he went to a team that at the time had two pretty prominent names ahead of him and, and Mark Ingram and, and Adrian Peterson at the time. So you have to look at situation, too, you know, for where these guys end up. Even if they are in committees, they could still end up being prominent fantasy options that you just kind of have to wait on. So Dave uh, mentioned Daryl Henderson uh, quickly. Uh, I like him, too. Running back out of Memphis. Played behind a really good offensive line. But back-to-back years, he averaged 8 point yards per carry. So he was like ran, Penny. He ran through a lot of huge holes, but he he's another guy who runs really hard. And if he gets to the edge, it's go time. But it's hard to overlook eight yards per carry to yeah. back to back years. Mm-hmm. Uh, let, who was who he'll was get drafted for his speed? I think it was a Wisconsin running back not too long ago. It was like seven yards per carry total total bust. Monte Ball didn't get that many. Mm, I don't know. I'm having trouble with it. Was it Melvin Gordon? Yeah, it might have been. Is he a fantasy bust? Might have been James no. White actually. James White was over that. Uh, yeah, check, check it out. Um, what stats do you care about, including combine stuff? Uh, so I'm looking at last year's combine results. The running backs ran the fastest 40 times. Naheem Hines, Saquon Barkley, Kalen Balaj, Rashad Penny, 
and Darius Geis. I just want to say, having spent the combine with Ryan, he was infatuated with the bench press. <laughs> yeah, I, right. Well, I heard right you guys are right time. next to uh, it. <laughs> Melvin, Melvin Gordon, uh, 2012, 2013, 2014, 10 yards per carry in 2012. Wow. 7.8 yards per carry in 2013, 7.5 nice. in 2014. Yeah, all right, so it was Gordon. So, you, so he wasn't a bust. I'm sorry, I just had it wrong. Uh, no, but you can't, I, I, you can't I, I, ignore I that, yep. I guess. Um, lesson learned. I was, I was saying, you can't ignore but Rashad, that. Rashad Penny was like over six yards, per, over seven yards per carry. And there was somebody, I think it was like Donald Pumphrey maybe. Somebody else was like really yes, high as well. That, because that's the system at right, San Diego yeah, yeah, State. Yeah. Right. Uh, I'm more alarmed by college running backs that don't have a good rushing average than yeah. I am college running and backs. And it's got to be a, at least average. five. Right? Yeah, I right. Mean, if you're not five yards per carry like If you're college, four or three yards per carry, good. what's happening right. there? What kind of an offense is that? What kind how, of a player are you? How about you? Have you, have you noticed the... Have you noticed the reliability of 40 times and what that means for a player's production? I'm smiling because last night uh, on NFL Network, they replayed the 2014 draft, and uh, the Bills traded up in 2014 to get Sammy Watkins, who ran a 4-4-3, and they showed the tape, and he's just dominating guys at Clemson. And that was the same draft with Odell Beckham, same draft with Martavis Bryant, even went in the fourth round. Mike Evans. My, yes, Mike yeah, Evans was, was the still there. wide receiver. Jarvis draft. Landry. Jarvis Landry was the round two pick. And I'm thinking, and everyone's saying, oh, my God, he ran this, this time. He did this in three-cone drill. And we get caught up in it. Like, you're at the combine. You're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this guy did that. I can't believe DK Metcalf ran a 4-3-3. And at the end of the day, it can't be just that. So while that's impressive, like Devin Singletary ran a 4-6-5. But you watch him play, he's not a 4-6-5 player. He's much faster than that. He's much shiftier, even though he's 5-7, I think is what you said. And I don't even think he's 200 pounds. So you have to weigh what he actually did in college with all the other sort of measurables. And sometimes you get caught up in that, and that's an issue because you see Zedrick Woods, for example. Uh, no one knows who that is. I didn't know until he ran a 4-3-0 at the Combine, the fastest this year. He's a safety at Ole Miss. He's going to be seventh-round pick best case. It doesn't matter if you can run fast in a straight line in the NFL unless you're doing you know, the field day sprints. Right. It, yeah, that's why it's kind of funny when quarterbacks <clears throat> run the 40 and defensive tackles run the 40. I'm sure there's something Kickers. to it. Yeah, it's, there's something to it, but... <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, I want to take a quick pause from NFL draft talk to just go over some quick NFL news, uh, important stuff, and then we'll get back to wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, New England signed Demarius Thomas, guys. What do you think about this? Uh, can they salvage Demarius Thomas? Can they? Yes. Will they? Probably not. I mean, you know, coming off an Achilles injury at his age, it's you know, I, I think at best he makes an impact for them down the stretch of the regular season and into playoffs. He may not even make the team. I mean, you know, it, it's, it's a very friendly contract because they're basically giving him the amount of money that the four of us have in our pockets right now. Um, I have absolutely nothing in my pocket. <laughs> Me too. That's the point. Uh, so I, I, I think... Cash. Uh, oh, there's your wallet. Wow, look at that slim oh, my, wallet you with like your this? initials yeah. engraved. Yeah, yeah. This it's going to make it much easier to hide. I had a meeting today, so I couldn't wear the big bulky wallet, which was stuck out in my pants, so I had to get the, the nice thing out today. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway... <laughs> Uh, I, I think you you look at uh, the receiving course is really void of bodies at this point. You yeah. Know? So it's not a bad attempt to take a flyer on somebody if he can re- rehabilitate his Achilles in a hurry. But if we, were, if we were doing that PPR draft again today, would you take Demarius Thomas? No. 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 Okay. I, I I still like Philip Dorsett as a sleeper. I think there's um you know he showed you a, a little bit last year in the games where he had at least five targets. Um, I don't remember the style off the top of my head, but it was pretty consistent his production with at least five targets. And so if you're just looking at those two guys, I'd rather have Dorsett. Is he the insurance policy if Josh Gordon doesn't come back? 
Dorsett oh, or Demarius? No, Demarius. Josh Gordon's not coming back. I don't know. I, I, if, if Josh Gordon doesn't come back and Demarius Thomas makes the team, we might, we might change our they're, tune a little they're, bit. They're taking, what would you say, two receivers in this draft? Yeah, yeah. and tight ends as well. Also, would anyone rather have Demarius over Chris Hogan? Uh, I mean, no. I think that's the same type of guy at this point, you know. And Hogan just signed with Carolina. So. Right. Well, mm-hmm. where is Hogan best, inside or outside? Off my fantasy team. <laughs> but, that's where Chris. But Hogan for is the best. Patriots' purposes, I mean, they have Edelman. They so. well, with the Patriots, at least Hogan could play anywhere they wanted. They used him more outside than inside. Obviously, Thomas is Thomas is an outside. Receiver. Hogan was very good. No, they for had, them. didn't. Denver use him on the slot last year a little bit more than before. I don't I know, but he's tried, an outside. But he's an outside guy. receiver. Uh, his his speed is gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, he's, his, he's a bot. He's, he's a Jalen Richard. <laughs> no, no. He wishes. I'd rather have Richard. <laughs> Me he's, too. Demarius Thomas as a receiver is you as a podcast host. Oh, oh. Now. <laughs> Seattle signed Russell Wilson to a four-year deal, $140 million with $65 million guaranteed. Ryan, what do you think of this deal? I love it. I love it if you're the Seahawks. I love it if you're Russell Wilson. I'm fine with making him the highest-paid wide receiver. I think he deserves to be that. And I understand that in 2012 they got him for a third-round pick and they were able to build a team around him because the salary cap wasn't devoted to the quarterback. But I think the salary cap is not even an issue anymore like it used to be even seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. So you keep Russell Wilson without them and that offensive line, whoever's back there is getting killed. So I have no issues with it, and, and you know they continue to be a playoff team because of Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is amazing. He has thrown 34 or 35 touchdown passes in three of the last four seasons. That's a great number. And he, the one year he didn't, he was dealing with an injury right from the start. Week one, he hurt, his, he hurt his ankle or lower leg and was just playing hurt and had a bad year. I think he was the number 15 quarterback in six-point yep. per passing touchdown, number 10 in four-point. He was number eight or better in those other three years. He, right, there's a big distinction. Huge consistency rate in, two, in the last two of those years. Right, but here's the thing, right? So 2015, number three quarterback in fantasy. 2017, number one quarterback in fantasy. And a pretty weak year for quarterbacks. He would have been, if you take his fantasy points, Wilson in 2017, uh, put him in 2018, he would have been number three. But last year, even though he had a 110 passer rating, even though he was maybe his best year as a passer, he was the number eight quarterback in fantasy, number nine in four-point-per-passing touchdown leagues. They didn't throw. I'm so nervous that if the touchdowns come down because of the attempts. Well, what's more likely to happen, touchdowns come down or attempts go up? Touchdowns come down. I mean, their offense is what it is. I'll say the attempts go up. We've seen the touchdowns stay over 30. I'm not looking – I'm not going to pin him to 35, but th- over 30, that's what you're he looking He threw for. more then, though. I mean, He also not, had a career level no, in rush attempts. No, he threw less last year. No, that's what I'm saying. He threw right, more than that in previous years. Last year he threw I less think I think that number goes up. back up. You can't pay him that much money to say, go hand off for us. Right, that's I guess what that's their the offense is, though. Yeah, does the contract change the offense? No. I mean, the offensive coordinator is still the same. They're going to continue. I mean, th- they showed you last year. They tipped their hand. By spending the first-round pick on Rashad Penny. So now you have a situation where they didn't sign anybody to help the receiving core, and they're counting on Doug Baldwin, who's in his 30s now, to come back from three off-season surgeries and still be a premier threat for them. Yes, they're getting Will Disley back. Okay, is that a difference maker? No. Probably not. So you have an offense that is catered to control time of possession, and they're asking – I said this on our program yesterday. They asked Russell Wilson to be Superman at the end of games when they're close or trailing, and he's been amazing at it, and he should be amazing at it once again. But while he's still being amazing, does those touchdowns go from 35 to 25 or 28 or under 30? And then you have a situation where he's not the number eight quarterback and he's number 12. We need to have this conversation again when Heath is on. Heath hasn't ranked 16th. 
And so he's too good for that. Uh, but he, I get he, it. He I, is. Well, I, you know, I, I I don't like having him ranked where he finished last year. That wasn't by design. I have him ranked eighth. Uh, but I I feel like he's closer to ten than he is closer to you know being a top five quarterback. I don't expect him to be drafted as a top five quarterback. We had this discussion about who the top five guys are probably going to be based on average position for your purposes, Ryan. That's going to be most likely Mahomes, Rodgers, Luck, uh, Deshaun Watson, and Baker Mayfield. Just based on perception, that was the case in the last draft we did. Russell Wilson is going to be an amazing value for you because he's still a, a, a good to great fantasy quarterback. But you just have to worry that if the offense stays the same and the touchdowns do, for whatever reason, decline, you're going to be disappointed. Ryan, I want to ask you about Todd Gurley. We had an article about Gurley. Uh, he addressed his knee, and I'm just going to read from the CBS Sports article. During his interview on Monday, Gurley offered a simple not really when he was asked if there were, was any discussion about having a procedure done on his knee this offseason. Gurley was also asked if there was a long-term plan in place for his knee, and he, resp- he responded to that by saying that he's more focused on the present. Quote, all I need to worry about is how I'm feeling right now. I don't know how I'm going to be feeling six months from now. So like I said, just kind of keep working hard, doing what I've been doing these past couple of years, end quote. And then he was asked about the arthritis, and he said, all I can focus on is how I'm doing right now. It, it was not a story that really inspired confidence because he, he didn't give a clear-cut answer about the condition of his knee. That's right. If your knee is fine, if I ask you about your knee, Azer, I'm guessing you're not going to say, well, I'm just going day-to-day, see what's happening. I can't really talk about it. Mm-hmm. Now. Joke's like, on you. <laughs> I actually have bad knees. You well, you believe that. You could be the Rams running back. You would still beat him. Yeah, no, that's a concern. And I've actually toyed around with the idea of them drafting a running back. They don't have a lot of draft picks this year. Let's see, they have, they have seven, so they have some. So they can actually address the running back position. But you have to wonder, given those comments you just mentioned, Azer, and the way he finished the season, that certainly weighs on you as a football fan, as a fantasy owner, and obviously if you own and or coach the the Rams themselves. I don't know what to make of it. I don't have a lot of confidence, like you said, in what's going to happen in 2019. And also, this could have possibly played a part in Le'Veon Bell not getting the money that he thought he deserved after sitting out a year. They paid Todd Gurley, and then Todd Gurley did what we saw him do. All right, two more notes, then we'll get back to the NFL draft. Uh, I'm, all right, I'm going to give a uh, controversial take here. Chargers Sorry. are going to use their uh, their powder blue uniforms as their home uniforms. Nice. Well, here we go. You don't like them. I don't like yeah. them. They're ugly. Oh, come on. They're, They're ugly. awesome. Uh, uh, and uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick is in bad shape because of birthday parties. He is. He blamed tre- the birthday cake. He He's said. a treasure. He, he has seven kids. Does he? Th- three of them have January birthdays. I think three of them have March birthdays. So he says there's a lot of his kids' birthday parties, their friends' birthday parties. He eats a lot of cake, and the dude's overweight. But he's got some time to uh, get rid of those pounds. All right, wide receivers in the NFL draft. We have had you on previously to talk about wide receivers, but let's have that conversation all over again. Who's your favorite? DK Metcalf's my number one wide receiver. We mentioned the four three three forty ran at the combine. He is a straight-line, deep threat. He's not going to be running a lot of crossing routes. He's, you know, We talked about sort of the drills and the time to the combine. He had a three-cone drill that was literally slower than Tom Brady's back in 2000. <laughs> so that's a concern if that's one of your things. I've had scouts say, listen, if you all you do is run really fast, that's not going to last in the NFL. You can sort of defend against that. But, he, I mean, he is a specimen. He reminds me a little bit of Josh Gordon. Um, he reminds some people of T.O. So I think in the right system he can have a lot of success – and sort of uh, getting back to what Jamie said about the, the Seahawks offense, if you watch this draft show, 46 on Thursday, 
Jamie can can uh, maybe make that Seahawks offense more explosive. So you have to check that out. Mm-hmm. So he's my number one receiver. Um, a guy, another guy I like a lot is Keem Butler, David Montgomery's teammate at Iowa State. Six five, ran a four four three or something insane. Um, huge hands, huge catch radius, makes a lot of plays down the field. Much more agile, much more versatile in what he can do than, than DK Metcalf. The only issue for he and Metcalf both is that they drop a lot of passes. So that's also not something that will get you in the good graces of your offensive coordinator. But just athletically, they are just off the charts, the ability they, they have to, to sort of change games. Who was the second one? Hakeem Butler. Hakeem Butler out of Iowa State. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the CBS Sports NFL Draft prospect rankings. You don't do those. And he's like 10th. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, he's polarizing. Butler is very polarizing. That is exactly right, Dave. He could be the first guy off the board, 22-23 in the first round, or he could be a third-round pick. If you're looking for a little more consistency, Kelvin Harmon out of NC State, 6'2", only ran a 4'6". But I, I've seen him play in person. You watch him play. He has no trouble getting open, and that's what the NFL team's concerns are. Play with a good quarterback in college, Ryan Finley. But he, he doesn't drop passes, runs all the routes, checks all the boxes if we're going to do mm-hmm. the cliche. So he's a guy, if you're looking for more consistency, as a big target, he's also an option. So who's the number one off the board? Do you think it'll be Metcalf? I, I thought Marquise Brown was trending that way. You're right. No, that's right. So there's, uh, again, polarizing DK Metcalf fits that description as well. Marquise Brown, 5'9", 166. Uh, yeah. that's, like, that's a little more than me, but barely. Dur- it's, it's, it's incredible <laughs> it's watching. I think T.Y. is he only significantly like bigger. Yeah. Not significantly bigger. Like, he's how much does T.Y. weigh? Maybe a little bit more, but that's about the same height. So I was thinking, like, like you watch this set. guy play, and it's, it's funny watching Kyler Murray and Marquise Brown play on right. the same field because they're both these little teeny tiny they guys. They can stand on each other's. I know, <laughs> and they're as big as Hakeem Butler. But, like, <laughs> right. the speed is just unbelievable. I've had the a scout say. unbelievable. I've had a scout tell me that no one is faster with the ball in their hands than Marquise Brown. Emmanuel Hall, a kid that played with Drew Locke in Missouri, is 6'2". He is faster, straight line, but Marquise Brown with the ball in his hands. So durability is the issue there, Azer. If you're 166 pounds and Terrell Suggs lights you up, what's the rest of your week going to be like? But uh, he, he, yeah. is ama- he is amazing. <laughs> what's the size? 166? Right. 5'9". Yeah, so T.Y. is 5'10", 183. So, he's so a just a little bit bigger, but we've seen T.Y. Tyree kills small. Yeah. Um, is is Brown inside, outside, both? Everywhere. Everywhere. He, he, he Jet can, sweeps. That's right. When you're fast, you play wherever you want. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, yeah. and you know what, though? We're, we're, we're starting to see – you're going to see this a lot. I, I spoke to several guys at the Pro Bowl. Uh, Devonta Adams, the news coming out with the Packers, they're going to play him a lot in the slot. You're going to see a lot of number one guys. I remember because I was doing the story on Julie Elliman, uh asking several defensive guys, like Chris Harris. I remember talking to him. Uh, is Edelman the best slot receiver that has been in the league in the last few years? He goes – no, and, he, and he, he didn't mean it to disrespect Edelman. He said Hopkins plays inside. He said Adams plays inside. Beckham plays inside. You know, you, you, we were just discussing Demarius Thomas at his peak played some inside. You know, there there are guys that are we think of number one guys. They yeah. play in the slot now because it's such a mismatch. So right. you know, again, Devonta Adams is the latest one that we're hearing. Bruce Arians is kind of I think the the trendsetter with this. He moved Reggie Wayne inside when he was the the interim head coach for the Colts when Wayne was at the tail end of his career. Heinz Ward, same thing in, in Pittsburgh. Larry Fitzgerald had three straight years of 100 catches moving into the slot. Uh, it's going to be Chris Godwin's role now in Tampa Bay, but Devonta Adams is going to you know play in the slot. So. Um, in terms of Brown, you could play him basically anywhere, and and he can and he make to plays. piggyback off that. There's another Brown, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf's teammate, six two, two thirty, two twenty five. He is a big quote unquote slot receiver. He is a Juju Smith Schuster type guy, 
and he is a volume catcher. So those guys in the middle of the field, big yard after the catch guy. So he is probably more upside fantasy-wise than D.K. Metcalf just because he's going to get the ball more consistently. He's running routes where he's catching the passes with, with higher accuracy, and some teams like him better than, than D.K. I think he's the most slot-ready receiver yeah. in this draft. Literally, if your team needs a slot-wide receiver, you can draft A.J. Brown, and he will start there week one. I don't know how good he is on the outside. I think he can do it. He had to play on the outside when D.K. got hurt. Right. He made plays. I, I wasn't as impressed with him when right. he was inside. In the slot, it's just it's a, it's a great thing for him. I just had this thought come through my head. I don't know if this ever happens to you, a fantasy thought, where we're talking about Marquise Brown and how fast he is. How You said the fastest guy with the ball. The scout said that. That's sort of – obviously, I'm not a scout, but that's sort of how I felt about – Calvin Ridley going into last year. Nice. Super fast with the ball in his hand. Great route runner. And yes. he's six foot one. You know, like Marquise Brown's five foot nine. So I don't know. I know this is a bit of a random topic, but I just feel like Calvin Ridley could just have a How does he compare to these prospects would be my question for you. But for Dave and Jamie, like, I think there's so much potential here. I know he shares a field with Julio Jones, but I think Calvin Ridley has star potential, and I think he flashed it a little bit last year. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, the problem will be for him. Um, no one feels the, like he can do what he did last year exactly again. Well, the, 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 hope, again? the hope is that the catches and yards go up while the touchdowns somewhat yeah, I'll take, stay I'll take in the seven, same eight, range. Right. You, don't want, you, don't, you don't want to see it go from 10 to 3 when he all of a sudden becomes an 1,100-yard receiver. You know, I mean, if that's the case. Like, Juju had a great rookie season, didn't score as many touchdowns, and then took took a giant leap in terms of his catches and yards. We didn't know a year, a year ago Juju Smith-Schuster was a superstar. I don't know if he's a superstar, but a star. We didn't know. Right? Sure. True. I, I thought he'd be a star. A fan, did you think he was this good of a receiver? Not this, but I mean. Right. Like, I'm wondering if Calvin Ridley is, is, is the next Juju. He, he, he certainly could be. He yeah. certainly could be. I don't know. I just I have a and listen, if, fascination if you, with him. If you like Calvin, maybe you'll like his brother Riley Ridley, who's coming out of Georgia. Not nearly as fast. Has great hands. He has 10.5-inch hands, which is huge hands by any standard. Uh, he's a great route runner, which he, he clearly runs in the family. And he's a guy who could be a second or third round pick. Another high volume guy runs really good routes, like I said. May struggle to get open on the outside, but he could be an inside guy that has some success there. He's on. If you want a good read, uh, drink again. But Pete Prisco is uh, better than <laughs> better than. Uh, it's one of the best articles he, he's yeah. he does every year. And um, I was joking with him because I don't usually praise Pete publicly, um, <laughs> but uh, this article in 2016 had David Johnson on it, and Pete was saying from the time he started watching tape to when he saw him in Arizona to before he stepped on the field as a rookie, David Johnson is going to be a star. And then he showed flashes as a rookie, super fast kid as a rookie, and then we saw the second season, what he became. Yep. So he, he has uh, – there's four receivers he has on that list. Uh, I'm not going to remember all of them, but I believe it's Ridley, Miles Boykin from Notre Dame, uh, Davenport, maybe? Is it? Oh, it's Stanley Morgan Jr. out of Nebraska. Yeah. And uh, I'm not sure who the other one is, but Stanley Morgan's a yeah. guy I like, too. Another big guy who can play inside or out. He's a deep threat. He caught a lot of deep passes at Nebraska, even though their offense isn't great. And one guy, Pete and, and Ryan, you could attest this because he's been saying it since the, um, <laughs> the beginning, is Paris Campbell. And you, you had know? the right comp from day one. Yeah, when we talked about it at the combine, you know, it's kind of just matching the offense, but Percy Harvin. Yep. You know, a guy that made a lot of plays near the line of scrimmage in an Urban Meyer offense, that's what Percy was at Florida. And similar build, fast guy. He was one of the you – know, at the time he, when he ran his 40, he was the fastest 40. He got, you know, beat. But just speed upon speed, 
and can do a lot of things with the ball in his hands. In the right offense, where I think he can make some more plays down the field, Paris Campbell is going to be another guy that you want to keep an eye on. Just uh, two I don't know that we talked about. I apologize if we didn't. Nikhil Harry, Arizona Did not State. talk about him, but yeah, so he was a third-round pick coming into the combine. He is another guy who looks like Juju Smith-Schuster. The fear was that he was going to run a 4-8 at the combine, ran a 4-5-3. Juju ran a 4-5-4 when he was at the combine. He didn't have any trouble out running people when he had the ball in his hands. So can Nikhil Harry get open by himself? That's the question. Can he do that? But he has, again, strong hands, contested catch guy. You throw the ball anywhere near him, he's going to come down with it, and he can box guys out if he needs to. Gary, Gary Jennings was the other receiver. I'm sorry. Yep, I, uh, fast guy to West Virginia. Um, I, I think the, uh, the thing that with Nikhil Harry right now, if you look any dynasty rank list, a lot of people have him at the top. Yeah, Nikhil Harry? Yeah, yeah. Okay. more so than, than DK Metcalf, more so than A.J. Brown, than, than Marquise Brown. Um, he's the one I think a lot of people look at and say he could be the best fantasy receiver. Now, again, destination is going to be a big key of that. But if you look at any of the di- – like uh, I, I don't want to say it. Who do we have on the – a couple weeks ago? Oh, DLF, DL football? Yeah. Dynasty League football? I, I think he has him at the top of his list too. Okay. I think cool. he's a good physical receiver. But I, I don't know if you noticed this, Ryan, but I, when he played against press coverage, he had a hard time getting off of it. But he can use his power to get open. That's he, right. He, I think he can be a very good number two receiver for somebody's team. That's How right. many teams actually play press coverage still, though? In the NFL? Yeah. They will if they think that they can beat you with it. But, like, the Jaguars, for example, have two of the best cornerbacks, certainly one of the best cornerback duos, and they don't play press mm-hmm. man. So you, you you don't see it a lot as much as you, you used to you, because of the I, way the rules are. You still see are. plenty of man around the NFL. Oh, you see man, but a guy's at the line of scrimmage being physical with guys the same I way think, that it used to be I'm just thinking about the Patriots ago. and how often they'll do that if they think that that's how they can Sure, so if he ends up in the AFC East, he's going to struggle with the two times he faces the Patriots. But there, you just you see it. I'm not saying you don't. You obviously mm-hmm. see it. But you don't see it to the same level of where it's going no. so, to okay. negatively to, impact the guy. And to that end, and as a credit to Harry – he did much better against his own coverage than he did man in college. Tight ends? Oh, last question about wide receivers. Yeah. So, pretty good class last year. I mean, Christian Kirk showed some promise. The two first-round guys, Ridley and DJ Moore, showed some promise. Yep. Dante Pettis, uh, we like him a lot. I think it's a pretty, pretty good class. How does this one compare to last year's? The class is deep. There are a lot. There's no quote-unquote superstar. We talked about Metcalf and, and Keel Harry and A.J. Brown, but it is deep. And, you know, top, D.K. Metcalf at the bottom – Someone like Hunter Renfro, who weighed 177 pounds and he has less hair than I do, was at Clemson for 12 years. Makes a lot of big catches. Makes a lot of big catches. And so he's a guy who has no discernible physical talents, but you get him on the football field and he makes plays. But there are guys, there are 30 guys between those those two names I mentioned that can come in and help you in, in various ways as an NFL team, whether you're a big receiver, whether you're a slot receiver, small or big, whether you're a downfield guy, a burner. So, yeah, there will be guys to be had from round one and guys that can make football teams all the way through round seven. How many in round one do you see going? Uh, I think the over-under is probably like one and a half. My over-under, DK Metcalf, I feel like he's going to go after 20. I don't think he's going to go before that. I don't think the Bills are going to take him at nine. they got a lot of guys, Cole Beasley and uh, John Brown. Brown, So I don't think they'll be – and there's too much unknown about him. I could see the the Patriots taking A.J. Brown at 32, for example – uh, uh, sort of a, a, a alternative version of the slot guy to Julian Ravens Edelman. Ravens at 22. Uh, Ravens at 22, that's right. Um, so one and a half, I'll say, but I think a lot of guys could go in round two. And tight end, TJ Hawkinson, people are very, very excited about him. Is he a top 10 dynasty pick? 
TJ Hawkinson tight end at Iowa. In the right scenario, like if New England takes TJ Hawkinson, I think it's a slam dunk. You know, Green Bay, I think, is going to be a team that looks at tight end. Uh, that could be a, a, a certain situation as well that helps his, his fantasy outlook. Early that, feels, of- that feels like a top five dynasty pick. Is that an overreaction? If TJ Hawkinson goes to it's, it's Green so, Bay? It's so interesting with this group because mm. they're, the skill players are all good. They're just not great, at least on, on yeah, the surface. That, that's, so, that's why I asked the Kyler Murray question earlier. Like, If there was a year where a quarterback might go in a top ten dynasty the, but I'll go back to it. I don't know if those guys are great. Murray certainly can be a great fantasy option because of his legs, but also you have to worry about, again, fear of injury. So... I don't know if the quarterbacks, but yes, the tight ends could be of of note. Again, right scenario, the Patriots being the most obvious one with the loss of Gronkowski. Need is such a huge factor in dynasty drafts, too. How many dynasty teams need a quarterback for the future badly? Just think about how many great quarterbacks are already are. I can think of... Fine, so in Superflex Leagues... Fine. Uh, both of my dynasty leagues. One is a super flex league. I need a quarterback. At okay, so you might be a candidate to take Kyler Murray. <laughs> it's just so hard because you know you're probably not getting much out of him in his rookie season. Well, depend if he's Arizona's quarterback, you might get a lot out of him. You might. You, you might. Yeah. It's it's true. But I just think that there are so many quarterbacks right, in the NFL right. that everybody loves for fantasy. That if 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 you're a dynasty team, you probably don't need one, even if you're a crappy dynasty. I've got a crappy dynasty team. I've got Wentz, Brady, and Rosen. And there's no chance <laughs> Maybe of we getting can Kyler Murray in the Interleague first round. trade. Uh, all right, so Hawkinson and then Noah Fant, both out of Iowa. Uh, do they both go in the first round? I think so, yeah. And depending on who you talk to, Fant goes before oh, yeah? Hawkinson. Fant is more Evan Ingram. Hawkinson's been compared to Travis Kelsey. And Rob Gronkowski, I think he's a little different. No pressure there. I'd rather be right. compared to them than Evan Ingram. It's, yeah. Just, you know. So it just depends on what you're looking for. Another team possibly. But, but that, that means Hawkinson more complete, whereas Fant looks, more, looks like a wide Hawkinson's receiver. Hawkinson's inline blocker, and he's pretty pretty nasty there. Uh, Fant can block, but his thing is to you can flex him out and, and have he's him run. Fast. He's really mm-hmm. fast. So who's God. a better fantasy prospect? That's a great question. I was going to say, sort of following up on what Jamie mentioned with if Hawkinson goes to New England, the Steelers could actually take a tight end at 20 as well. So if someone like God, Fant goes amazing. there, I don't know what that does for your, for your fantasy purposes. If they, you know, be good. <laughs> do you think that <laughs> Fant is set up for a better fantasy career? I, I, I think it just comes down to, to where he ends up. Because, like, you, I'll give you the Rams as an example. Look at the two guys on the Rams. Higby plays a little bit more. Everett, if he was featured, could be great. Yeah. Because he's more of a Fant. You know, I mean, he's not not as dynamic, but you know, you get you get the chance to be in an explosive offense where you use right. Like, look at Mike Gesicki last year; he was considered the better, maybe Dallas Goddard. But you know, you look at, at Gesicki; he was not necessarily a blocker. Looked like he could be a premier playmaker. Goes to a team that needed it and does nothing. Yeah. You know? So if you if you tell me no fan ends up in Green Bay. And Hawkinson ends up in, in New England. That's going to be a tough call on who's the better of the two. Okay. If Zach Ertz gets drafted by Jacksonville and not Philadelphia, is he Zach Ertz the fantasy superstar, or is he? I guess my question Mercedes is if, Lewis. if they go to the same team, you know, take team aside, you know, is so, there one so guy it, between so Hawkinson if, and Fant? So let's just say they both fall to the end of the first round, and Oakland takes both of them. <laughs> uh, I'll probably take Hawkinson over. Fant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that could okay, be a real perfect. life scenario. But even the Green Bay versus New England thing, where they're in a similar situation, could work. You know, it's like Gronk and Graham all over again. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> And then uh, is Irv Smith Jr. your third tight end? He is, but um, he's a little smaller, 6'2". He reminds me a little bit of Delaney Walker, and there are a lot of things I like about him. Not featured at Alabama, but that's because he's in Alabama's offense. 
Jay Sternberger's after that. He's a um, he can block a little bit, but he's be more. Be careful yeah. about Sternberger. Adam pissed off the entire Texas A and M nation <laughs> by saying that he's not a good player. Oh wait, did. what? He pissed off the whole Texas A and M fan base when you when we had the discussion about. Why him. isn't he a good player? You, I don't did. remember this. Yeah, you 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 said he wasn't a good player. Okay, I have no idea what you're talking I about. I don't remember that either. When did I say this? When we discussed the tight ends. A few weeks ago? Yeah. I don't know who Jay Sternberger. I don't know anything about <laughs> Jay Sternberger. I could have sworn you got a, a boatload of crap about saying something negative about him or about the program. I think maybe there was some confusion from Twitter that you didn't mention Texas A&M. Jason Morrow? No, something? you were definitely talking about Sternberger. Yeah. I never said he But was, you didn't say anything bad about him. I think there was a confusion. I, I, may be, I may be saying the wrong thing about what you said about him, but I think you said something <laughs> but, about The bottom line is I pissed somebody off. You definitely <laughs> pissed off the A&M fan base. Sternberger's good, so if anyone asks you, he, he's, um, he's super athletic. Oh, Jay Sternberger. That, I mean, he sucks. Now, yeah. Yeah, there it is. You that. called him the Jalen Richard of tight end. <laughs> I see, I see. But a name to watch, and uh, I have to mention, Prisco mentioned this on his better than team, mm-hmm. is Kahali Waring out of San Diego State. Uh, played water polo in high school, only one year of high school football. Came to San Diego State. He literally didn't know all the plays when he was out there, learning just learning the rules, not, never mind the plays. And he's a fantastic athlete, has a lot to learn, huge upside type guy. But he could go in round three. He's that athletic. But uh, Jay Sternberg. Is he, is he your fifth guy? Uh, I think uh, I think so, right. So Irv is third, and then Jace, and then Kelly Waring makes sense there. And there are a bunch of other guys, like Foster Moreau at LSU, who ran like a 4 6. But at LSU, he wasn't getting featured, so you don't know exactly what. But neither was wearing though. I mean, they don't throw the ball very much in San Diego State at all. That's right. Yeah. And, and um, the few times he he was out in pass patterns and catching balls, you were like, okay, this guy clearly is better than everyone else on the field. Um, but it's just a matter of being on a team where, where, as you point out, Jamie wasn't featured. What can you tell me about um, Isaiah Seawright at Fordham? Isaiah Seawright, I don't know. Okay, he's the last one ranked. On and I don't mean to, I don't mean to upset any Florida football fans. No, I don't. A, he's got to be 30th on the list here. He's not getting drafted. But I, I, didn't just, know, I didn't know Isaiah. Um, yeah, so I just thought I'd have fun with that. Yeah. I wonder who the, the lowest ranked one that you could give me a bio on. All right, let's, let's go like let's, – let's try C.J. Conrad, Kentucky. He's a Kentucky – that's right, Kentucky tight end. I haven't watched him play, but I know actually scouts – we're impressed with him in his pro day. A lot of the Kentucky players had good pro days that were sort of marginal, so he could be a, a day three, late day three, seven round, seventh round pick guy. He could have said anything that, right now. That was you twenty. Would have no, oh, idea. Yeah, like, he could have just yeah, made up right. everything that he said outside of Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, and he would just he played yeah. George Urbinks <laughs> in the actual Star Wars movie. Okay, th- this guy <laughs> he, is, would, he would not know what that reference is. Who? <laughs> uh, C.J. Conrad was twentieth in our rankings. Twenty uh, fifth is a Pac twelve tight end. He was a senior. Caleb Wilson at UCLA. No, um, six foot four, two hundred fifty pounds. Uh, oh, he went to Washington. He no. Um, his last name is similar to a famous New York Yankees left-hander. It's a borderline. David Wells. Uh, Tyler Petit. Oh, okay. I don't know Tyler Petit. Uh, yeah, Andy Pettit. Yeah, that's yeah, right. right. That's similar. Okay, so if you said he did steroids, I don't know who you're talking. You know about. the top twenty. <laughs> I won't ask you past the top twenty tight ends. Uh, good stuff. Any other questions, guys? We're about done here. Cool. All right. Last time, CBS Sports HQ. Tomorrow or Thursday night. Thursday night, four o'clock. Thursday late afternoon, four o'clock. Uh, if you're in the Pacific uh, time zone, that'll be what one o'clock. One o'clock. So, so late lunchtime <laughs> for you. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. Like I said, there's uh, uh, our commissioner Chris Hassel is one of our CBS Sports HQ hosts. Six of us are taking uh, at least four teams, and that means you get to like make trades and stuff too if you want. There, there, uh, there are some trades uh, being discussed. Um, Give me a trade that's going to happen. Well, there's, there's one that's being discussed. I have the second overall pick as the 49ers and Will Brinson as the Lions at number nine. 
Ooh. Are trying, eight, yep. Number eight are trying to – yeah, I have the Bills number nine. I should know that. Um, are trying to move into the top three. So Will has been uh, pestering – uh, not only myself at two, but also himself because he represents the Jets. So Will is having a very tough decision <laughs> and discussion if I turn down his trade offer. Should he trade with himself to get into the top three? And the, the Jets line, are a candidate to trade down, right? The Aren't Jets, they missing some picks? The Jets would love to trade down because they don't need a quarterback. They have their guy. And uh, they feel, I'm sure, uh, if you ask Will to ask himself the question, <laughs> um, they feel like they can uh, still get a pass rusher, which is what they need, if they stay in the top ten. All right. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this draft. Uh, should be a lot of fun, even though it's going to be a lot of pass rushers at the top. Still, um, it may not be the most fantasy-relevant draft. I think it'll be a good one. A lot of good linebackers. It will definitely be fantasy-relevant. It may not be fantasy-relevant with stars right away. Yeah, everything, yeah. Okay, well said. Yeah, there will be 10, 12 players from this draft Yeah, yeah. in our fantasy Just, drafts this summer. We don't get to talk oh, about more. where Saquon Barkley went or anything like that. But no. DK Metcalf is going to be really fun. I've never seen a specimen like DK Metcalf. I, that's probably the one, guy. Shirt on. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's the one guy I'm really interested to see where he ends up. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, we'll be back on, I believe, Tuesday and then certainly on Friday after the first round of the NFL Draft and then again on the following Monday after the final two rounds of the NFL Draft. Uh, enjoy your holidays this weekend. For Dave, for Jamie, we want to thank Ryan Wilson for coming on. Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-